Cause it's cheap to me It's some money at my table Grab a seat with me Cost a ticket just to cover all my legal fees I don't hang with jealous bitches That's a weak disease Hold on, run up If you're broken in my business Then just shut up I invested in my body Bitch, I'm done up I look good, I like to fuck I'm when the sun up uh, I put on my jewelry Just to go to the bodega And I keep it with me just so I think I'm too white for this music it could be, yeah. I just like. Yeah, the... I'm imagining uh, the beginning of Office Space when he has to roll up his window because he's <laughs> playing the wrong music. And... Oh, that's fucking awesome when he's uh, he's playing. I just want to state for the record, though, that I did not pick that song. You never do. It's always me. Yeah. It's always me. I'll choose. Okay, it. just as yeah. long as it's recorded and you know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Bia's a whole lot of money. Uh, I found it thanks to the the TikTok, which are all the kids are on nowadays, and uh, yeah, so. Found it that way. All right. Uh, if you're wondering what you stumbled onto here, uh, which, is, which is probably real- are. I think everyone's going, shit, I downloaded the wrong podcast. I know. It's like, what the fuck is this? Um, because, yeah, I put out like a whole bunch of uh, things at, uh, what was that big convention uh, last week? Uh, last weekend, Little Wars and a couple of other ones. I sent them uh, some things. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast. And we're on episode 71. And with me always are rap gods uh, Richard and Roy. Uh, for a split second there, I thought about trying to play with it and pretend that I was a rapper, but I don't think that would work. Hello, everyone. This is Rich. Hey, this is uh, Roy from uh, West Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy, just... Roy, what rappers come from Michigan? Uh, there's the there's the one white dude from uh, <laughs> from 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 Detroit. Hey, I I knew Nelly. <laughs> Before he was Nelly. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we went to school together. So, how did he get that band aid on his face? What happened? I don't know. I, don't I think know. that probably happened post high school. So, okay. he was a nice guy. He was a super nice guy. He was, even then, he actually was an amazing rapper. I remember he would, he would sit there in the cafeteria and just freestyle, and he'd always have a crowd around him. Nice guy. I liked him. Hmm. So, he's a, a year younger than me. But it's kind of funny because I'm not. A, a big rap fan. I used to listen to a little bit of a high school, but didn't really. And then it was like much later and uh, another high school friend just sort of mentioned Nelly. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, you know, Nelly. And he goes, yeah, you do too. Cornell. I'm like, whoa, Cornell is Nelly. It all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would enlighten us as to who that was. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I would love it if, like, Nelly's real name was, like, you know, William or, you know, just yeah, no. something. It's, it's, like, it's Cornell. On. You know, William Standiforth <laughs> third. You remember him? Like, oh, yeah, yes, he's now known as Nelly. So, okay. So, Adam, I texted you earlier saying that we should have opened with uh, the Humpty Dance. Fuck! Um, okay. When you said, Oh, that's right. That guy died, didn't he? Shit. See, that was rap that I used to listen to. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Okay, okay, okay. Fair point, Roy. Although I all will, right. I will say. No, that's all right. No, no, no. In my defense, you texted me that like I think yesterday or the day before. So it was, it was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. It might as well have been like a decade ago. I just, I lost it <laughs> somewhere. Just gone. It just is completely gone. No, that's all good. Dadgummit. Yeah, because Shock G died. Uh, yes. 
And um, I find it fascinating that uh, the Humpty Humpty Dance was such a big like thing, and it he just did it as a joke because he was get kind of getting into doing like these um, uh, personas and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it, the label refused to believe it was him, so they kept demanding a um, a a, bi- a biography for this new guy that that had joined uh their their uh group and mm-hmm. so he got tired of saying no it's me so he just they made up one and uh yeah so they he was like i really wish we could have uh you know told him to like issue a check to this guy as well <laughs> so i could double dip <laughs> but no he said the best we could do was uh getting him a biography and they actually thought he was a uh a different person so yeah i don't know what happened to shock g he had a really good uh, I always think of rappers, you kind of, you know, guitarists and whatnot, you can think of them as having a style. You really can with rappers, too, because of their cadence, the way they speak, you know, and the way they enunciate words and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I always thought Shock G had a really good uh, cadence. So, oh, shit. Also, DMX died, you know, as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. so that was the thing. Uh, yeah, I always, uh, somebody photoshopped him in an X Wing. <laughs> And I always use that whenever we do our X-Wing get-togethers at our local thing. It, it's DMX in an X-Wing co- cockpit. I'm like, you know, X going to give it to you. Yeah. So anyway. So. DMX-Wing? Yeah, DMX-Wing. There you go. So so my first uh, exposure to Digital Underground was in the movie Nothing But Trouble. Oh, shit. You guys oh, yeah. remember that? We've talked about that on this show before. Yes. And, you know, I haven't watched it in a long time. But, no, I looked for it. I was gonna, I was gonna watch it. Maybe do a review of it. I need, I need to watch it again. But yeah, it's fantastic. I cannot. I, I'm almost positive it is a Dan Aykroyd film. It's like one that he was like, well, you know, okay, this is now that I'm famous and I can do these weird ass movies. This, this is what I'm gonna do. And uh, yeah, because I can remember mm-hmm. so many vague things about it. Uh, the guy's prosthetic nose that looks like a penis, and you know. Um, yep. Uh, and that was we we first laid eyes on uh, um, on Tupac there too. That's true. And uh, Dan Aykroyd's car, because remember he's the whole reason why they you know they he pulled over the the group of people. Isn't Demi Moore in that movie too? Yep, yep. And uh, Taylor Negron and uh, somebody else too. But yeah, Demi Moore. But yeah, uh, gosh, it's been forever. Ever since I've seen that movie, so yeah. yeah, it's it's this very strange movie from the '80s. I try to seek it out recently. Uh, so uh, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, speaking of TV shows, all right, are both of you guys caught up? Sorry, sorry about the highway noise. Maybe I'll close my window. Roy is Here. actually walking across the highway as he's, <laughs> he's going for cigarettes, kids. That's what he's, that's what he's doing. He's walking across a six-lane highway. Let's uh, close that window and maybe it'll be a little bit quieter. Sorry. Uh, to my our vast uh, audience of listeners. So, uh, uh, you guys are both caught up with um, For All Mankind? Both of you? I'm not. I haven't no. started it. Oh my gosh, Rich. You're, you're, so, you're so far behind. All the cool kids I know. are watching that and it's really good. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm finally about to catch up with Expanse and I hear they're about to wrap the, the sixth season. Yeah, I, look, I was very surprised and uh, happy that they um, 
uh, for all mankind got to be i think it was in the top two of all whatever uh, uh series that are downloaded it, it managed that in the past week with its phenomenal. oh really yeah all right and yeah. It, was, it was really really good mm-hmm. so uh just happy to see that uh, but but we're gonna be spoiler free here mostly yeah. so you caught up with it roy right yes yeah, yeah. I, look, I know for me personally, like watching it, I was not expecting to be that caught up like emotionally as I was in this. It's like I watched it, you know, I've watched the series, I like it and all this stuff, but I wasn't as emotionally invested until the end of that episode. And I was like, oh, okay, man, this is a really good series. I'm going to tell people, I'm going to tell people all about it. It's a good series and everybody should watch it, you know? So that's, that's uh, you know, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to forget the name of the character. The, uh, the, um, the Mexican girl. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about. So it's, it was kind of a weird add to the first episode or first episodes and then she just kind of disappeared for a while, and then she's back in the second season. Um, and I don't. At one point, we kind of established that every character is based on somebody, right? Right. So, like, where is that character from? So, to tell her story arc, she um, was an illegal alien. Her father was a janitor at the um, at uh, um, at, at Houston. Yeah. Right. And he got into some trouble, and they had to leave. Well, they were so, lo- they were looking for KGB spies, and they yeah. de- they determined that he was there on like a stolen um, social security thing. So right, yep. So they thought that he was maybe a yeah a, maybe a Cuban spy or something. Yeah. Um, but so that character has you know has a fairly regular uh presence in this second season but i don't are they going to expand her role any well i mean i assume yeah but that that's the thing though is she isn't anybody i don't think you know okay. she's not supposed to be any you know jim bob or whoever mm-hmm. jane jane bobre or wh- whoever it's supposed to be yeah it's it's she's not supposed to be anybody in particular just somebody added because I think, and it's not a spoiler, but you know, uh, at the end of this this current season, I believe uh, we're going to do a time jump and go to, uh, to the nineties. Yes. Yeah. So you know, uh, and I guess you know, it's. I mean, by that point, you kind of have some established people that are alive or or not, mm-hmm. and yeah, and so you can add new people. I know uh, I was very surprised to see in this this season Sally Ride. Yeah, that was cool. Who you know? So she's not the first first woman in space or first American woman in space. No, but I mean she still is is uh, you know has the chops to be an astronaut. Nor is um I don't know, I don't think it's a spoiler. I guess it is a spoiler if you haven't seen the whole thing, the whole just watch the show at all. But it's not a big spoiler she is not the first lesbian in space either so like 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 she is now you know as yeah as i understand okay oh i got you yes 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 as i understand it she is considered the first lesbian in in space i i did not realize that she was gay 
Oh my god. And you know what? Uh now that you said that, I'm going to uh, I I'm gonna it's not a it's not a thing that I keep track of, so you may in fact be right. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna double I'm just gonna double check that, you know. So uh, even without the Jeopardy music, I'm just gonna double check that and uh, ah, all right. uh and blah blah blah. Uh, yes, okay, she is the earliest space traveler to have been recognized as LGBT, so there you go. Interesting, all right. right. Even though she was uh, married to an astronaut during her spaceflight years and in a private long-term relationship with a former Women's Tennis Association player, Tam O'Shaughnessy, in her years after, she is the earliest, so there you go. Okay, all right. Interesting, so okay. glad I didn't slander Sally Ride there. Thank you. <laughs> So the history, our current history that we have and the history that they have, you know, from this, the first event of the, of the, the Soviets landing on the moon first is where the kind of the divergent point is. Right. So when we're talking about, about alternate histories, I think as time goes along, it's going to get harder and harder to write, um, to write the show and have it relate to our own timeline. Oh yeah, I mean it. It just becomes the future, you know. It, it becomes yeah. like I mean that that would be the thing. Like next year, it's like all right, you know, get your ass to Mars. And it's like all right, mm -hmm. I will. I'll be right there. I'm just hoping there'll be some some aliens or something show up. I don't know, because you know, honestly, it's like the way they did things. You know, it, since it's this big Cold War type show, this show could have gone any way. Like, it could have been, like, nuclear holocaust, and then, like, the following season is a time jump, and it becomes some shit like Fallout. You know? You never know. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. And so, yeah. It could be anything, but, yeah. Um, and so, I guess we'll be on Mars. I just, I guess we're going to be more exploring. But, I mean, aliens could show up. You know, evil Russians could show up, or, yeah. So, I guess we'll see. So, and I guess, I wonder where, you know, what's their series finale going to be? Is it going to be on the way to uh, Proxima Centauri? You know, is that where we're going to end up with it? Or are we going to go to, we're probably not going to go to Venus. I think Venus is a hard place to get to. Yeah, well, yeah, I think Proxima is our closest neighbor. But still, I think it takes like over 100 years to get there. I don't know. Look, if, if they want to fire up and do it like a generation ship show, I'm all for it. I'm mm -hmm. absolutely all for it and would love to see it, so. Well, so are they going to, so it's been very hard science thus far, you know, based in reality. Uh, are they going to, uh, is some physicist going to have a breakthrough somewhere that we're going to have, you know, the, like the Alcubier drive to, you know, so we can make rel relativistic jumps to the stars. So I don't know, the hard science is going to, going to start to go away. And I think we're going to go more into kind of more, I guess I don't want to use the word fantastical, but but kind of out there science fiction. It could be. I mean, it could be like The Expanse, you know? That's the yeah. next thing. So, Rich, are you in the last season of it? Yeah, I think I've got one or two episodes to go before I catch up. Like, catch up to where they currently are stopped. Look, it's. I thought it was a really bold choice when they brought in Batman. So, yeah. <laughs> That will always be my my uh, spoiler joke. So unless it's a DC movie, so and then I'll have to come up with something else. So yeah. well, I'll tell you what, Rich, you're gonna start watching for all mankind. I will try to get current on the Expanse. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll compare notes. Yeah, I think that's on the short list of what we're gonna watch next. But we might want to 
just do something different. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. Not that they're the same show, but you know, going from a uh, near future sci-fi to near future sci-fi, maybe mm-hmm. we'll do something different. I don't know. All right. In, and in that vein, what about Mythic Quest? I actually have gone back and just rewatched the whole thing, and completely uh, somehow messed up and missed quarantine. I missed the yeah. quarantine episode. I, you know, like I mentioned last uh, episode that uh, there was a um, a holiday episode, whatever it was called, and uh, yeah, so yeah, there I missed the quarantine episode, which was fantastic, and uh, yeah. So there are two full seasons of Mythic Quest now. Um, Is that right? No, I think it's just one. And okay. We're the the next one will arrive in like a week or two. Okay. So, oh, so set next season is coming like very soon. Yes, it's. I, okay. w- I want to say not this coming Friday, but the next. Okay, and, uh, I've I've seen the series finale. I've not seen the quarantine episodes yet. And I see on the show notes here you have listed Dark Quiet Death, and uh, that was really weird I, to me the first time I saw it, and it it I really appreciated the second time I watched it. It imagine like in the first season of a show suddenly the next episode you watch is completely different. It's completely about a whole other set of characters and and all this stuff, and I just found that just fascinating, and it really works well. Yeah. Yeah. So that tells a story of an indie game that uh, these people have a, have a vision that they want for their game, and so they just kind of out of the blue get funding for it, and they they create their vision and dark, quiet death. The, you know, the first one everybody loves. And because it's a very, um, it's a visionary, very game, visionary game that, that everybody loves. And so the, then the, the, uh, you know, the company leans on them to say, okay, we need to make another version. So then they go back and forth about, well, there weren't any guns in dark, dark, quiet death one but we want to have them in dark, quiet death too. And the, you know, the visionary person is like, no. And so it's kind of, it tells a story of this game that starts as a kind of a, a metaphor for life and then just kind of blows off into absurdity. So it's, I thought it was a very cool story about, about people selling out and people not really wanting to sell out, but they kind of get forced to. So, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I really, really appreciated it so much better the second time I watched it. And uh, mm. okay. uh, have you caught up to the last episode where uh, they're doing that, uh, whatever the um, the celebration thing? No, or whatever. It is. So I've se- I've seen the season ender. Um, the kind of, yeah, the, the the season under with uh, where well, I think Poppy is kind of the main. In in my opinion, she's kind of the main character of uh, the show. Yeah, I think so. Although arguably, it, it could be Mac from It's Always Sunny. That's that's possible. <laughs> it could be him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, there are some other kind of breakout characters as well that are really good in that. But um, it, I can't remember what the last episode episode is but after that they did the quarantine episode where they are basically the whole mm-hmm. uh the whole episode <clears throat> takes place kind of over zoom 
which is kind of yeah, neat. I have not seen that one yet. That's that's next on my list. And then the next the next one apparently there's a big holiday in the game that they uh, that they do. So anyway, no. So uh, you mentioned uh, Invincible. Have you been watching? Oh it? yeah, <clears throat> I have started watching Invincible. I'm about three or four episodes into that, and I don't. I think I can only handle those one at a time, um, and I'm not sure why, but. Um, I did think it was very interesting that that uh, Mark was it. Mark is the is the son. Mark right. Grayson. Yep. He goes to Reginald Vell Johnson High School. Who's Reginald Vell Johnson? That's uh, Carl Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> that's Carl Winslow. Yeah, that's really? the actor. Okay. Wow. I, and I saw that. I'm like, why the hell is he going to that high school? You know, why would you name a high school after kind of an obscure? Actor from the eighties. Come but, on, I don't know. Carl's Whatever. Not, Carl's not obscure. Come on. <laughs> oh, all right. He was in Die Hard, which is a Christmas. That's true. Movie. Yes, it was a Christmas movie. If you didn't know, <laughs> uh, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, and I will. Uh, I, I mean, I can understand. Like, it, it may be because it's so violent. Maybe kind of like you don't want to pile on. It. It is really violent, and um. And I guess contextu- contextually, that word that I can barely pronounce. Um, you got that. There wasn't a lot of comics like that, you know, at the time that it came out. That it was like, oh, what if Superman was bad, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And, yeah. So, um, it just shows, it goes to a long, you know, way of showing like, no, 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 his dad is like, Omni-Man is like a really, really bad guy. And so. Anyway, well, but he's he, he's he's incognito. He you don't uh, don't really hear him or yeah, he's okay. He's, he's playing playing it cool, I guess. I well, I will say I was very confused by the end of the season. I thought like everybody knew who his dad was. Like his dad was Omni Man. I thought everybody you know, knew it because he would just like fly into his house and just be like, Hey buddy, you know, here I am, you know, in, in costume. I'm just hanging mm-hmm. out, you know, in my backyard in costume and just flew down. I'm talking to my wife. Everybody can see me, but, uh, apparently that was not the case. So, you know, anyway. So Mark is voiced by Steven y- Yoon. I don't know. Did I say that right? He played, uh, Glenn in, um, uh, walking dead. And The Walking Dead. Yep. There's a lot of people from The Walking Dead that are involved in that show. Really? I think. Did I get that wrong? Never mind. Um, and Sandra O oh is in it too, yes. as as his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then J.K. Simmons plays uh, Omni Man. Yep. And uh, I love when people like to post that picture of him like working out, where he's like, you know, just completely and totally jacked, and he has this huge beard. <laughs> Because, I mean, you just think, you kind of think of him as a character actor, and he does those uh, farmers insurance commercials. Look, he was absolutely fantastic. There is this uh, great TV series that I think only lasted two seasons. Damn it. What was the name of it? Now I've lost it. Um, What he was in. J.K. Simmons. Should I hit the button? I guess I was not over here. He was one of the M&M's in uh, the M&M's commercials, too. No way, really? Yeah. Let's see. J.K. Simmons. Counterpart. That's it. 
counterpart. That's what it is, and it's fantastic. And um, I highly, highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, don't forget, he was J. Jonah Jameson in uh, Spider-Man in uh, mm-hmm. 2002. So, there you go. Uh, in also uh, media-esque things, I have been playing... Uh, have you guys ever heard of uh, Hellblade Sinua's Sacrifice? No. no, but I'm looking at the splash page for it. Yeah, it was a really interesting <clears throat> idea for a game. Um, it's it's this whole it's a video game kind of about mental illness. You are a a Celt, and you are have traveled to the maybe traveled to the Viking underworld to uh, rescue the soul of your lover. and But the problem is, is as the game starts, you kind of realize that Senua, the character of the Celt, is uh, she's schizophrenic. She's has some really serious issues. And I highly, highly recommend playing this game with your headphones on. Because there's they the sound design on this thing is amazing because they've spent a lot of time and effort with these, these whispers that come in here and there and and people that criticize what you're doing and you know talk about like what you're doing what you should be doing and all this stuff so yeah it's really really oh, wow. interesting so and it made me really want to play uh the miniature game Saga so which is a uh, Viking skirmish game so. So Hellblade is not out yet. No, no, no. It is. It's been out oh, for okay. a long time. And, okay. Um, in fact, the sequel for it, I think, was announced last year. But it would be, um, if it happens, you know, it would be, gosh, uh, this year or next. But yeah, it's been out for a long time. You can get oh, it on okay. Steam. I'm playing it on the PS4, but I know it's on Steam and Xbox too. So. I guess if I look at the dates on the thumbnails, I would have known better not to ask that dumb question about if it's well, coming no. out. I mean, it's I, <laughs> I mean the way I do things is like, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, what what do I need to play in my backlog over here? You know, now that I have time because uh, the new Mass Effect remaster thing comes out uh, this month, and in fact, in like two weeks, and I'm super duper excited about it because that's like my favorite franchise of the past twenty years. And I cannot wait to just play all three games back to back. And so, yeah. You know, I bought the first one for like four bucks at a, you know, out of a bargain bin. And I don't know. I did not finish it. It was somebody recommended it to me and I just couldn't, couldn't get through the first one. It is. But I hear the ones after that are quite a bit better. Well, the second one is one of the greatest games of all time. And the third one is good until the ending. And then it has to be, you have to have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself and determine whether or not you like the ending or not. Because oh. it's really, really half assed. And yeah, so anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Roy, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? So I've been playing, I played some more Dice Hospital, which I've talked about before. This is a, it's kind of a worker placement. Uh, dice management expand your hospital kind of game. So you start out with three nurses and you start out with uh, three patients and every round you're going to have to take three more patients. So the patients are in the form of dice 
and a number one die is on death's door and a number six die is about ready to be discharged. And every turn you have to treat a die to roll it up to a higher number. And if you don't treat it, then you neglect it, quote unquote, and it rolls down to a lower number. So you're recruiting um, specialists to come into your hospital, which can uh, kind of expand the capabilities of, of, of a nurse. So like you start with three nurses, you add a specialist that acts as another nurse, and then these these specialist nurses can or doctors can, um, they can heal a die three steps or something like that. So basically, it's kind of a resource management where you have rooms and specialists that you're getting, and um, you're trying to kind of manage the the numbers of patients in your hospital. Um, so that's Dice Hospital. And I will be happy to say that we had our first kind of um, multi-person, in-person game night this past Friday because we're all vaccinated now, um, which was quite lovely. Uh, I got to see people in person. I didn't have to look at talking heads. It was great. So you are vaxxed, waxed, and uh, ready to meet. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. so I'm, I got my second dose on Tuesday. But I'm, I'm, even though I live in Michigan, and even though the numbers are crazy around here, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to risk it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great to see people, and, uh, and drink and play cards and socialize and everything else. Um, and so then I, well, so ninety nine and Beyond the Sun. Uh, are games that I've been playing on Board Game Arena, and they're kind of on hold for a moment, which I don't want to get into the reasons why, but um, 99 is a trick-taking game that's a three-player game. So are you guys familiar with games like Euchre or Pitch sure. or or Hearts, I guess? Yep. 99 is a three-person trick-taking game. So it's played with number with cards from six through ace, and you and well, and a joker. So there's a 37-card deck. So three players, you each get 12 cards. And then the, the, the odd card out denotes the, the trump for that, that round. So the, the trick here, though, is that you have 12 cards. You need to bid with three of them. So, like, a diamond is zero, a spade is one, a heart is two, and a club is three, so you can take at most nine tricks if you if your bid is three or yeah three clubs. So do you follow me there with the with the math? I think so. Okay. So some of the cards in your hand, you have to lay down and say, "I'm not going to play with these; they're my bid." Um. And so then you can also say. Okay, I'm going to declare my bid. I'm going to turn my 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 bid face up so everybody can see it. And if I can make four tricks or whatever, make it exact, then I can get a a a point bump. So this was based off of somebody on Reddit had posted a uh, uh, this is why you should be playing 99. So we decided to try it out. Um, so it's a three player trick taking game uh, that's. It's kind of weird and complex in that you have three cards that you're not going to play with. So, like, let's say that the clubs comes up as the trick or as the trump. and um, But you want to kind of bid with those clubs, too. So you have to lay off clubs that you can't play with 
to say, I want to take, you know, six tricks or whatever. So that's a uh, 99 is a pretty interesting uh, trick taking game for three players. And so then uh, cribbage, I played a game of cribbage last night or on game night. There was uh, we had six people over and four people were playing dice hospital and uh, me and another dude played around a cribbage. And so that was um, that was fun to play, too. And then uh, on Board Game Arena, a game called Beyond the Sun, which is a it's somewhat similar in theme to uh, For All Mankind, in which you are um, developing technologies um, to get beyond the sun. So there's three different tiers of technologies, and you research things. And so it's kind of a worker placement game wherein you, um, uh, if you research it, technology then you can put a marker on it and then you can use that and it'll say things like um oh shoot i don't nothing really comes to mind but um so it's if you research it then it says it's okay you can use this now so one of them says um advanced genetics so with you if you do advanced genetics you can instead of having to to um uh, grow your food, you can automate it. So you get it automatically. Uh, and so there's there, actually there's four different tiers of technology where you're developing technologies to to get beyond the sun. And then you can also move out and go beyond um, beyond the sun and out into the various star systems that are in kind of in the local area. And so it's it's kind of area control where you're um, you're contesting and terraforming worlds. You are doing your research to um, kind of make your machine better. Um, so it's, yeah, I guess kind of machine building, it's worker placement, and it's there's a little bit of, of combat. It's kind of abstract um, combat, and that's called Beyond the Sun. And that's available on Board Game Arena. Uh, and then I've been playing more Fallout 4. How far are so, you in that? I don't know. It's uh, I've been doing a lot of side missions. I'm basically just kind of wandering around, just getting into trouble. Yeah, I mean that's, that's I I... kind of how you do with that in Skyrim. You know, it's just the big open world thing. How yeah. many hours would you say you have in it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe twenty. Okay. I'm not sure. Just curious. And, uh, okay. Uh, I guess it's my turn. Uh, my friend from work decided to get into age of sigmar and so i kind of helped him do that and it's you know it's always interesting um i don't know about you guys but i have never in my life ever really felt comfortable teaching someone how to play a game and so i've always had to be like hey guys uh does anybody want to teach my friend over here how to play this game you know blah blah, blah. so yeah <laughs> we have a really good group locally and so i was able to find a couple people to teach him and then uh he and i have been playing and uh and it's I, I would say the best way you can learn to play a game is to just try and then in the middle of it you kind of stop and you're like well wait let me look up this rule or let me look this up because you remember it that way i i at least for me i just really really remember things going like oh my gosh remember when i spent 15 minutes searching for that rule oh i remember it now that's this is how it works so yeah, and uh, it's pretty good. And uh, I think this coming week is uh, May the 4th, and so we're doing like a big Star Wars gaming thing 
on Tuesday, so we'll have X-Wing, Armada, and uh, Legion. I do feel comfortable teaching my friend how to play Legion, so he's interested in it, but he's like, what about the, you know, I've heard so much about the, the local group, you know, being competitive and all, and I'm like, ugh. I'm like, yeah, I get that, so I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. I hate that, though. It's, it's, it's really weird, because I don't think of it that way. I just think of them as just guys I know, and yeah, you know, it's they're not bad guys. They're just, I guess they are competitive. I just don't think of it that way. But that is true, and I can see how that's a big turnoff. So, mm. anyway, uh, that's what I've been playing. So, uh, Rich, tell me about this hockey game you've been playing. Well, just to put this all in context, I had a good week. I, I actually went to a, a mini con this last week, um, just a private con, about 20 people all together. So, at Mitchell Lamb's um, house? It wasn't at his house, but Mitchell was there. So, uh. um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think his wife would want twenty people over there drinking as much as we did and making that kind of ruckus. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> just I'm imagining that now, and that's amusing me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I got to play a lot of games this week, and one of the uh, it's it's mostly like a. I actually should have said the other one first. So like the, the big game that I played it all week was I played empires in arms, um, which is a strategic Napoleonic game. Um, we had seven players. So we had, let's see. Uh, I played Prussia. We had Austria. We had Russia. We had uh, Turkey. We had France. We had England and we had Spain. So um, all seven players sat around. We played, Basically from 8.30 in the morning to about 5.30 at night every day from Wednesday to Saturday. And we got in two years worth of the game. And the game is is 10 years long. So we got, you know, a good chunk played out when then we basically took everything and converted it into a Vassal module. And we'll continue to play on Vassal. And who knows, maybe next year when we come back and do this, maybe we'll be playing the same game. Or we'll do something <laughs> different. And you're um, eight now. Yeah, I know. It's so it, it's definitely going to take a long time, but that's part of the fun of it too. I mean, as Prussia, I was just kind of doing a lot of stupid stuff just to kind of see what would happen. And yeah, when you do stupid stuff in this game, the game punishes you appropriately. So I, I'm not doing well in the game, but it's also not one of those games where as long as you're still on the board, you can still come back. There's lots of ways to come back in the game. Um, so yeah, that was the big game I played. But then in the evenings, we played lots of other smaller games. And and one of them I played was that that game called Trick Shot, which is a it's a hockey game. I think it was a, a Kickstarter, but I certainly don't remember this Kickstarter. If I had, I probably would have ordered it. Um, I think the company still sells it on their website, but they don't have many copies of it. It's one of those words where they said, and this doesn't always happen, but they're like, you got to buy the Kickstarter because it's never going to be in a store. It's not in stores right now. Um, but it's just a little hockey game. It's got mm -hmm. um, some dice rolling in it. It's got, you know, it's not heavy strategy or anything. It's just a fun little game, but you can play different lines. You get different special abilities. If you like hockey, you will like this game, I think. It's cute figures. Yeah, yeah, it's got painted minis and everything, so sure. Oh, yeah. they, come, they come painted? Yeah, they come painted. Oh, wow, all right. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then I played The Last 100 Yards, the expansion, uh, which is Airborne Over Europe. So it's it's the same basic game as Last 100 Yards, just new scenarios and new units. So it's we played uh, airborne, U.S. Airborne troops against German troops defending um, 
And yeah, it was fun. I've played that game before. I've talked about it before. It's a World War II tactical game. Um, if you know anything about ATS or ASL, it's kind of like those, but a lighter, somewhat simpler game. It's got a, a very unique mechanic in it in that um, every turn, it, you're not just fighting against trying to take position, but you're also fighting against time. So at the end of every turn, you uh, you have to roll to see how much time has passed. And at the end, the victory conditions are, you know, yes, you eventually got to the objective, but you took too long to do it. Or basically, it's like casualties, objectives, and time are all sort of three axes of how you can win or lose the game. Um, but that's a fun game. And he's got another expansion coming out. I don't know when it'll be out, but I expect we'll start seeing stuff about it later this year for the Solomon Islands. So, yeah, that one's called The Last Hundred Yards. Now, isn't this reminds to be me. a tournament at the uh, upcoming? Uh... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Historic KC Fest or Historic Fest. I got to stop calling it that. Historic Fest, which is in Kansas City, uh, is going to have a last hundred yards tournament as well in fact mike denson the designer will be there and i don't know exactly how it's going to work but it sounds pretty interesting um it's it's basically called skin in the game and it's sort of like a survival tournament like you start on friday and you try to make sure your guys survive and uh you keep going until you know you get promoted every time and see who comes out on top by the end of it on sunday what was the book so i'm going to talk about another podcast we have ways of making you talk Sure. They read the book that was, and I cannot remember the name of the author or the name of the book that was based on the, um, oh, Market Garden. Um, did you guys listen to that? Epi- those episodes was this one of the ones they- where they're like they were reading the books around Christmas time? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I skipped most of those episodes. Oh, I didn't. All right. Yeah. So I, I don't remember. Okay. The the cover of The Last Hundred Yards reminds me of that with the, the airborne oh. coming in. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, I played another. This is another small game I played called Innovation. It's a little card game. You guys heard mm-hmm. of this one? Yes. I've, yeah, I've really I mentioned. really enjoyed that. So I, so Roy, you and I have talked more. Like this is like the perfect coffee shop game that mm-hmm. I, I immediately ordered a copy of it because I want to play it with my wife. Oh, you had um, not played it before. I have not played it before. Oh, okay. But this one I think is also on either Yucata or BGA. I can't remember which. I think it's on BGA. Okay, so yeah, if you want to play it, you can definitely try it out. It's called Innovation. It's a card game, um, but it's very thinky, and Uh there's lots of interesting decisions you need to make. You basically, you make a tableau of cards in front of you, and then you get to manipulate the tableaus to show certain amounts of symbols, but you can also steal cards from other players, add to your tableau. There's lots of ways to manipulate the board, and then ultimately, there's actually more than one way to win, which I think is interesting as well. You can win by getting four, I think they're called achievements, or you can just win by score, or um, Uh there's different ways to win. And there's a bunch of expansions for the game too, that all I played was the base game and it was a lot of fun. There are some achievements that if you can play it, it's an instant win. Yeah, that might be the case. It's, I, it's the same game design. Believe me, as... I was not threatening to win this game. I was playing with three other players who had played it a lot and are very good at it. So they kind of, uh, a fourth guy walked up. He's like, Oh, you guys played innovation again. And they said, how'd it go? And the one guy won and they, he said, yeah, you know, this guy and this guy, they were they were kind of in it, and they didn't even mention my name. Mm. So, <laughs> I'm not offended though. I was just figuring out what to do. 
So I've I found with this game when you find a combo that works, spam the hell out of it until yeah somebody well, takes it from you. The one game I played, the one guy was doing that. There was, it was one. I don't know if it was. I can't remember what card it was, but basically I allowed him to discard a card and immediately take a card from the next higher number. So he was just constantly higher on the wheel than everyone else. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is the same designer as Glory to Rome. And that is the I heard them game. mentioning that game. I've never played that, but that one's one that's one that I want to play. So that is the game that where they kickstarted the second edition and the guy ended up losing his house over it. We've talked oh, about that's that. Right. Before. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, six degrees of separation there, but yeah. Yeah. So Innovation is an interesting game. Yeah, I would definitely get on BGA and check that out if you're at all interested in like miniature market. They have all the expansions in stock, but not the name on. But I just I went on Amazon because I wanted to see if it was there and it was like 18 bucks. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. cheap and it's good. And then surprisingly, I've never played this before. Sherco's Grand Slam Baseball. Have you guys ever played that? No, I've no. never seen this before. Oh, you never seen it? Okay. Um, I have seen it. I've just never played it. So it's um it's it's a baseball game. It's I don't know. I'm probably not the best person to judge, um, but it didn't seem like there were a lot of like big decisions to be made, but it was fun. Basically, you've got a couple teams and the guy that I was playing with, he had had a bunch of teams made. And actually, we had he had teams made of like people we both knew. So it was just friends. Um, but they were like based on all time, all stars and stuff like that. But if you go out there and look online, you can find pretty much any roster of any team in baseball history. Um, and you've got a grid. It's just a grid of a baseball field and you put your fielders down and everything. And, uh, and you just kind of roll dice to see what happens. So, you know, roll dice to see if the pitcher throws and you look up a bunch of charts and everything. And eventually like this ball was hit here and this outfielder, because of his speed, he has time to run over and catch it or whatever. Sometimes you do get to make decisions like, do I try to cut the guy off? Do I try to steal second? Um, it's just a fun little game. It's, hmm. you know, if, if you're kind of a baseball nerd, I think you'll really enjoy it. I had a friend in college and if you're listening, Greg, send me, <laughs> send me an email. He is, um, totally. He's like, oh, he, he might be. I don't know. We'll see. He said he listened once and he, he liked it, but I don't know if that stuck. Uh, he played a game called Stratomatic Baseball. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I think, yeah. And oh, Stratomatic he, has a hockey one, too, I think. They might, yeah. Um, so is how does this stack up against that? I think Stratomatic I is very much I haven't much played more, it, so I can't say. Oh, okay. I think that's kind of stratomatic. I think is very deep in the weeds. He showed yeah. me his, uh, you know, the game that he was playing solo, and it was just like charts and paper. Oh yeah. Well, there's a lot of charts in this one, but I mean, it's it's fairly easy. They're easy to read. So you know, you roll the die, and you basically just look at the situation. So there's there's a different chart depending on the situation. So if no one is on base. You look at this chart. If there's somebody on first, you look at this chart. If base is loaded, look at this chart. Literally everything is in there. So it's all in a book. Um, so you just find the right chart. Mm, all right. And then today uh, we actually opened up. We had a, a game room open. So we we opened up the possibility of our, our St. Louis Wargaming group to come and have just an open gaming day face to face. And wow. no one showed up. But oh. that's okay. Because that's not true that no one showed up. Um, there was a couple of us there. Um, 
And one of the people there was my 11-year-old daughter. So I got to play two war games with her. Um, the first one I played was Silver Bayonet, which is Mitch's Vietnam game. Um, she's been talking about playing that for quite a while. So we played that game a little bit and she really enjoyed it. And then we also played Trenton 1776, which is it's a Worthington block war game. Um, and there's not a whole lot to it. It's very simple. You just kind of, you know, line your guys up and roll dice and try to take a few objectives. There's really not much strategy to it, which the kind of interesting thing is I asked her afterwards, I didn't want to tell her what I thought of the games. I wanted to see what she thought. And she said, she's like, Silver Bayonet's a lot more fun. This one is more fun. I mean, this one, Trenton 1776 is, it's fun, but you don't, you don't get to do that much. You just kind of smash into each other. And she <laughs> said, Silver Bayonet is, she said, I, I like that one a lot more. So <laughs> Mitch, Mitch was there and he was happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys like aren't meeting together you know kind of a lot uh, yeah, we have launch. not had a we have not had uh like an official face-to-face -face game day since last year now we have had there have been a couple small groups here and there but even most of us that know each other are still playing almost exclusively over vassal i think this month uh, because we still the, – the main problem is the game rooms aren't open. So Miniature Market's game room is not open to the public, which is where we play our monthly game day. Uh, but I think probably starting this month, we're going to start doing like small small home groups of game days. Okay. Cool. That, that makes sense. Um, I know like here, there's literally – and it, it has really pissed a lot of people off. There is one – I think one – in, in the entire state of Mississippi that hasn't reopened to play. And this is a, um, oh. a place in, uh, Hattiesburg. It's top tier gaming. They have not yet as, as of this podcast have yet to open their gaming area. Um, they did a lot. You can shop in there now because, uh, I, they were doing, uh, you know, curbside kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's been a whole thing and they're the only ones I know. Like, Locally, it's been Leroy Jenkins. You know, they've opened a long time ago. And it's kind of, the weird <laughs> thing is, is I know, like, we talk about it a lot at work with the, okay, you know, what's our policy for, you know, writing together to a project that we have to do or, or something like that. Sure. And, and, you know, and it comes down to, well, you know, I'm vaccinated, but you can't legally ask someone if they are vaccinated and, you know, just, ah, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole thing. And I honestly don't know how it is locally. I mean, with the, I know like guys I'm close to or game with and work with or whatever, I know their vaccination, uh, status, but when it comes down to just locals at the gaming thing, I don't know. You're seeing a lot less mask and, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a thing. And I don't know how, that's going to do and how it's going to shake out, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. That's a wild yeah, west. Think, there are a couple places here in St. Louis that do allow gaming, but those are smaller places and it's not where we game. So we're, we're just basically just waiting on miniature market before we go back to normal. Well, yeah, it's our governor is like, you know, Hey, yeah, y'all go do whatever, whatever you want to <laughs> do. So knock yourself out. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, and then, yeah, do you talk about Trenton, 1776? 
Get yeah, that was okay. the block. That was the block game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I have speaking of block games, I have not hit up Columbia for uh, Siege of Vicksburg. I probably should. You know, honestly, I the the great thing about like doing this whole uh, convention in the middle of a pandemic is there's a whole lot of grants and stuff available, and uh, if I'm really really lucky, I will be able to uh, basically do this Siege of Vicksburg convention at no cost to myself. So, we'll see. Adam, you're doing a convention? I know. <laughs> Tell me more. Yes, it's SiegeofVicksburg.org. The crazy thing is, is like, uh, we have like a Facebook group. People are like, how do I register? And I'm like, it's on the website. You, you click right there. And it says I'm supposed to PayPal you. Uh, yes, that's that's how it works. You're you're supposed to PayPal me, and that's how you get registered. That's how it is. I'm pretty sure even Gen Con does things that way, you know. So, uh, <laughs> whatever, dude. And uh, I'm starting to stack up tournaments and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, damn it, it's hard as fucking hell to do this as a one man band thing. Golly, I, I can only imagine. It's it's really really tough. I really wish. And I'm not offering to help. I'm just saying I feel bad. Oh for yeah, you. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, and I've tapped a couple people locally to to do stuff, but you know, past that is like you know you really yeah, it's wanting. I guess I'll put out more of a thing for volunteers later if this thing takes off anyway so uh we have a sponsor we have mike at alter dementia and dad coming i need some stuff actually printed from him i need to message him and see where he's at with printing my mechs and some other stuff i need done it is alter dementia you can see it in the show notes it's because it's alter 3d imensia.com and uh yeah he can print up whatever you want He's got Hero Forge. He's got all this other cool stuff, and uh, we'll make it happen for you. If you use the discount code COG2019 for, I think, 20% off your uh, initial purchase. So there you go. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, I think the next thing we had, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, this is what's on your radar, and I forget we have what's on your sonar. It's a whole thing. <laughs> should we change it to what that new thing you gave us, Roy? I don't know. Oh, Maybe I, should. I don't know. Yeah. That was the thing. Is like, what does sonar sound like to divers? Which was really, really interesting. It's super loud underwater, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, let's see. Taking a look at this, Roy says he might be on a list after looking at this. But let's see. It's uh, this brother dash Vinny dot com. I know we've talked about uh, adult figures on this show occasionally, and uh, yeah. Brother Vinny apparently has a whole little section, and he's still apparently doing Christmas discounts because uh, he has a, <laughs> he has a banner ad right there. Use the code Christmas twenty twenty while while spelled W H I P E while uh, <laughs> placing order. So there you go. So I, I want to warn people: this is in fact a not safe for work link, and there's a lot of. A lot of miniature boobs in this. Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, victim girls. Yeah, this is miniatures. Yeah, victim girls, and this isn't safe for work. There's a whole lot of resin boobs going on here, and they're in various states of being tied and whatnot to various geometric shapes, and basically everybody's <laughs> topless, you know. And it, yeah, and so you have, you got 28 millimeter topless boobs. So there you go. So. 
that's uh that's it so uh we'll where did you find this link adam I, I honestly don't know i think it may have came off reddit somewhere or either that or the facebook wargaming uh group somebody was looking for something it's like hey does anybody have any um you know uh 28 millimeter medieval females that i can use as a objective and somebody's like here's some naked ones right here and you know and <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess they're, yeah, for, I mean, I'm not going to kick shame. You know, these people have whatever they want and there you go. And, uh, yeah, this is just it. Should you happen to need some, okay. I I think for me, like, okay, this is, if I got like this 28 millimeter naked girl, if I painted it, how just garbage it would look. (laughs) It would look like, it's like, did a clown throw up on this lady? You know, I don't know. It'd just be terrible. So, but I, you know, if you're a really good painter, I guess you could make this look like something and distract. You could opponent. do them up like zombies. That's true. That's true. Uh, just half-ass paint them and then like uh, dip them in uh, varnish or something, and it's like, oh, that's my naked zombie. He's got <laughs> zombie boobs here. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the next thing we had was games for. Sage or no, sorry, for Sage Games, for Sage, yeah, for Sage Games, and they. What do... does that word mean? I don't know. What does for Sage mean? I'm I'm live googling. So okay, I can I got you I got you you're right here. There you go. Uh, the whole reason why I tossed this on here was because it's Age of Dogfights, and um, I I fascinated by that and i'm fascinated by just biplanes to, and all this stuff. okay was it what is it to give up relinquish or denounce to now to denounce the devil interesting okay. okay denounce the devil games so uh looking at age of dogfights it's uh not you sure you didn't just type in forsake roy oh uh, well i don't know I'm, maybe, maybe I... forsage means did it auto correct um, I don't know. Why you no, gotta, it's Wiktionary. Why you got to call up my man like that to be to be? Okay, so it is an alternate form of forsake. No, oh, okay, that makes sense then. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, looking at this, it's not really a hex. I don't know what you what what this little shape thing it is. You call it it's triangle esque, but the uh the actual planes and stuff are that the artworks were done really nice they are in hexes and uh yeah have no idea how this plays but it looks really cool and for 55 euros you get a absolute ton of stuff it weighs 1.97 kilograms which is a total of let's see let's convert to pounds it's about four pounds just about Four, four and a half pounds. So this is a big, thick game you get. And let's see. Uh, so 55 euros is going to be $66.19. So that's not bad. Um, so the yeah the, the flight stands are hexagonal. And they, they tip up and down to show whether they're climbing or, or, um, or diving. That's kind oh, of interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think they've got uh, elevation stands as well. So that's cool. Uh, that's They do that in um, Blood Red Skies, the Warlord game. 
is done the same way. Um, and of course, in Force, this Age of Dogfights, you have clouds in this too, 3D clouds, which are kind of neat. Seeing this, I don't know. I just never heard of these, so I'm just going to toss this on here. And uh, oh, the yeah, I've seen pictures of this floating around online. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I think is really cool, and this apparently was a Kickstarter that you can now. Well, I don't know if you could purchase it yet, but uh, is Panzer Strike? It is a Western Front 2. It looks to be kind of a 15, 20-millimeter game, and uh, it takes place over an entire city that includes a train station. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of neat with all these neat little plastic pieces and stuff. I mean, it's not crazy detailed, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat little World War II game. But, so that's that's uh, that, that'll be tank battles then, right? That's what it looks like, kind of an urban tank version. battles. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that that reminds me. Um, today, when uh, I'm sorry, not today, yesterday, when I was at this uh, toy flea market that they do every once a month in our area, I did see Milton Bradley's tank battle uh, for sale. But on top of it was Kojak, the stakeout detective game. And I, all, <laughs> wow. I, I almost inquired about the cost of it, but I'm, all, I'm usually, usually it's kind of, you know, uh, just a waste of time to do that because it'll be like, oh, well, this is based on a TV show, so it's $600, you know, and it was like, really? Because I look on eBay and I can get one for, you know, 10 so uh, <laughs> I don't know. And so I was just wondering, like, what that board game would actually be. They had King Oil, too which was a uh, another Milton Bradley game. I don't know if that was any good, but I just thought that was kind of neat. Uh, but Who loves I, you, baby? Yeah, I know. It's like, do you, is, is Sucker included? Do you have to have the Sucker? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so um, what's the next thing? Oh, yeah, Panzer Witch, the board game. And I'm fascinated by this. Whenever we can include anime in World War II, I'm always going to talk about it on this show. And this was published by Bonsai Games over in Japan. And this is basically, I want to say it's a division uh, fighting a uh, lady who has... A witch. Yes, a witch. Has magic powers. So it's basically a World War II panzer division fighting this nice lady who, I don't know, maybe she's not nice. I don't know. But uh, this is the kind of thing. Uh, somebody import burn the witch. Yeah, somebody import this. This is what I, I guess I should message um, Jack Green and say, look, if you're gonna import stuff with um, English rules, can you do uh, Panzer Witch for me, please? Because I think that would be super cool. So I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. So uh, I think it's actually based on an anime, and so there. So the next thing we had, and I think we talked about this before, uh, Rat Queens to the Slaughter has not yet published. And have I talked to you guys about Rat Queens? Have you guys read the um, the comic at all? No, I'm not familiar. I freaking love it. It is it's it's uh, an adult esque um, uh, a comic. It's not really not in sex, but more like foul language and stuff and humor. Uh, but it's the Rat Queens are a group of four ladies. There is a there's a tank who's a dwarf. There is a cleric 
who worships basically Cthulhu. There is a uh, what? Uh, she's a thief, te- a rogue technically, but she reminds me of a kinder. And uh, there is basically an elf sorceress in it. And uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of sass and whatnot in it. And it's fantastic. And you should. So, do we think this is going to be a dungeon crawler? I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is, I'm interested. You know, coming out of Saginaw, Michigan. Really? Okay. So yep. you, you could just drive down the road in your your pickup truck and be like, hey. Well, that's, that'd be kind of a schlep for me, but yeah, I, I could. You got Kid Rock in there? See in there? <laughs> Get out of there. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm very interested in that. And, of course, I, in fact, I'm so interested in that, I will not even complain that it should probably be a well, well-known well enough IP that they shouldn't have to go to Kickstarter. So, there you go. Uh, anyway. Uh, the next thing we had was yet another Mork board. I know. I threw that up there and immediately thought of you. Okay. And I've, I've actually saw this, Rich, and I have stopped backing them because I'm still waiting. On, well, and, this one hasn't even launched yet, so I you've know. got time. Yeah, sure, and by sure. the time this launches, maybe you'll actually have something in your hands. That is true. This is You'll have a <laughs> notification for Treasures <laughs> of the Troll King, a Mork Borg adventure. Now, I know I am still waiting. Which really, really sucks is this one particular Kickstarter that I backed. I spent the extra money and got a copy of Mork Borg. Well, it hasn't shipped yet. And that's fine. You know, I'm not saying, like, it's it's over or anything like that. It's still, you know, in its current time frame. However, in that time frame, I have seen the Morkborg rules go on sale like six times on Amazon. And I'm just like, fuck, oh man, I could have already had this. But yeah, and then also in that time, I have backed two other Morkborg-based Kickstarters. So so here I am. I am. I have spent a lot of money on Morkborg and have nothing to show for it. So I'm I'm gonna wait, but this is Treasures of the Troll King, and uh, yeah, uh, maybe maybe I'll get it, maybe it'll ship, and I can back this, and it will be awesome. But anyway, so um, the uh, was it what was the guy's name? Bissett was the Christopher Bissett is the uh, creator of the um, what Treasures of the Troll King. And he, I, I was just looking at his his uh, logo, Loot the Room. I love the, how he, um, LootTheRoom.uk is his, uh, oh, his yeah. website. He uses the uh, the LTR done in the style of the old TSR logo. Yes, I thought that was cool. That's that's a, a great um, kind of acknowledgement of, of TSR. I should do that with the uh, COG one. That should, that, that should be a thing. <laughs> Uh, I'm like looking at his stuff. Uh, he has the wretched, and um, I have backed that. Oh, there's a 10 inch vinyl soundtrack. No, Adam, you don't need that. Just keep going. <laughs> you don't need it. Oh, yeah, because it's coming from the UK. You don't need it. First of all, it's 20 pounds, and God knows what it would take to ship over here. And anyway, don't need it. Don't need it. Keep going. And uh, <laughs> is there anything else that he does? Oh, yeah, he did under the floorboards. I recognize. Zines are fascinating to me, and I swear they, you know, in my dumbassness and my ignorance, to me, it seems like, oh, these seems seem like so easy to make. 
because they're only like 16 pages. I should do one. So that's what I immediately think. But, you know, I know they're way more complicated than that. But I like the T-shirt that says you are unlikely to be remembered on the back of it. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I, I missed that. I, I might need that because that, <laughs> that's, that's really entertaining. All right, so that's like looking at the store. Uh, is it, I see Bear Nine. Oh yeah, there it is. You are unlikely to be. Oh, awesome! It's it's a wretched uh, t-shirt as well, which was a. It's a zine I own, and he did mm-hmm. for um, Mothership. That it's a weird sci-fi uh, rule set uh, that's done really simple. So, man, that's kind of cool. I like that phrase, though. You are unlikely to be remembered. Damn, that's that's some cold shit. Roy, (laughs) that is some cold shit right there to say. Okay, so I could get this and possibly that 10-inch wretched vinyl um, soundtrack over there. I don't know. Maybe. There you go. Maybe I should do that. But uh, that that would be, I'll say, a total of like 60 pounds. But even though Brexit fucked up, why is the pound so good? Can anybody like that's in the UK tell me that? Why is mm-hmm. it just iron shod, un you know, believable, the most awesome, you know, form of currency ever? I don't get it. Cause it that never- one guy from Manchester send Adam an email. Yes, I'm just curious. Why? Why is it so great? I mean, because I mean, even the dollar over here has shit the bed before. And the, because I, I know it's happened in the past 10 years that the Canadian dollar, uh, what even is that? Like the lunary loo or whatever, the, the didgeridoo? I don't know what they the call it. The loony and the toony. Yeah, they, they have, that in the past 10 years, they have surpassed the American dollar at least once. I mean, it's not now, but it's happened. So, but yeah, the pound has never, ever, at least as long as I've paid attention to it, actually gone over. Um, the uh, gone under the dollar. Sorry, but I don't know. I don't know why it's so great. Maybe it's that um song from what is it? Um, uh, Mary Poppins. What is that song about the dollar, the pound? There's something over there. Oh, I don't know. Oh shit! Come on, damn it! You guys have kids. You should know this. It's something about oh yeah, feed the birds, tuppence a bag, that whole thing. So if you don't feed the birds. You have a better economy, I guess. I don't know. It's all thing. Anyway, so uh, moving on, Christian Peterson, who maybe is Jordan Peterson's brother. I don't know. He bought the Fantasy Flight Game Center, and this is kind of an interesting piece of news because it's this was apparently the guy who owned it before Fantasy Flight got purchased by Asmodee, and then yeah, so it's kind of come full circle it's come kind of back around because this is former fantasy flight game ceo christian peterson has acquired the retail operations of the fantasy flight game center from asmodee north america this 17,000 square foot retail food and event destination is located in roseville minnesota does anybody know where that is basically minneapolis oh okay oh yeah so yeah, like I mean, if, trip to me. if I was ever up there, I would definitely stop by there just because oh, I've heard it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in the same way that people stop in miniature market if they live here or are visiting here often. Sure. Yeah, I absolutely would. I'm like, so this is the place. Oh, miniature market's got a new location, by the way. They have two in St. Louis now. Oh, fancy. I haven't been to the new one. 
So, hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so the next thing we had was uh, our good, close, personal friend, Ryan Hellman, and to a lesser extent, Dave Shaw, because he doesn't listen to this. We can say that. Uh, has uh, this Come on, is, Dave. I know. Come on, Dave. Why don't you? Uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, we, we'll have in the show notes, a sort of review of Last One Standing by Ryan Hellman and Dave Shaw based on their uh, White Eagle Defiant game. And, uh, and this is the one we've talked about before. I know I'm personally fascinated by it because it turned uh, Jackson, Mississippi into a coastal town. So, um, Well, now we know why. I mean, this is the most information I've seen on it except for like a map. Yeah. This is I, the first time I've seen an actual description of the game. Yeah, we, we had actually talked, to, uh, talked about when we saw the map before because I know I'm still on the map. Uh, Roy's still on the map, but it doesn't look like Richard is. So I don't know. Yes, I am. I'm right there in the middle. Oh, we got wait. the uh, we got the wall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you are the midpoint in the wall. Yeah, and then, which means we're going to get attacked because that's the only way you can get through the wall. Yeah, I'm I'm down here on the wall, which I have a river and a wall. And uh, anyway, so last one standing is kind of a post-apocalyptic version of his uh, games that he started with uh, Brave Little, not Toaster, but Belgium. And um, last and um, White Eagle Defiant, which did I pick that up? I think I did. If I didn't, I should. I'm reasonably sure I picked that up recently, but I have not got it to the table, of course, because it's me, it's Adam. I never get anything to the table. However, that will change at Historic KC Fest. And uh, yeah, so this is his sci-fi kind of theme. You know, it's going to use the the chip pool mechanism and uh, all this kind of stuff. And so yeah. The theme is the near future. The world was hit by the global warming. I didn't put this. That's the Board Game Chronicle said the global warming. And uh, the world was overwhelmed by the swarm. And what was left of humanity is contained to the eastern part, which apparently is the best part, of uh, the former USA desperately trying to find a way to contain the enemy. So there you go. You research laboratories in Atlanta, D.C., and New Year. Come on. Did, did, did nobody spell check this? Is, is, that, <laughs> is that supposed to be New York? Because it says D.C. Mm. and New Year. Is there really a town called New Year? Probably, yes. Okay, maybe. But that's probably not what he means. Okay. We're going to hand wave it and say that this New Year is a new town. So it was New York that was attacked on New Year's Eve. And what the remnant was, they renamed it New Year. Sure. Let's go with Yep, that. that's that's what it is. And it's canon now. I, I will say, in playing Brave Little Belgium a couple of times, I do love the chip pull mechanism. So there you go. And as well as the destruction track, which I guess that would be the same thing as the uh, atrocity track. For um, in Brave Little Belgium, and but what I'm most fascinated by in this game is the electromagnetic wall from Chicago to Jackson. That gummit, Ryan. I just love the fact that they're in Mississippi. We're naming a town. It's there. I'm so happy because <laughs> they generally don't list us. And so it's Chicago to Jackson. So Adam, I am on the west side of that wall. What uh, side are you on? I'm on the best side. You're in the you... west. I'm on the best. I'm on the east side. Okay, so I guess we're gonna fight. Uh-huh. You moved up to from the land area between uh, Georgia and Louisiana. The landmass between 
what was it, Louisiana and Alabama. Yeah, there you go. We are now, uh, we are now, we're on the map because apparently <laughs> uh, Louisiana was destroyed. So yeah, it's, we're we're on the map now. Unless they're calling you're, it Jackson, Louisiana, I don't know, or Jackson. You're a flank. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Yeah, this would be pretty cool. I like the uh, the graphics. Apparently, uh, there's some ants and some wasps, and uh, I guess that's not white ang- white Anglo-Saxon Protestants either. That's apparently giant wasp. And uh, there's an upside down laser cannon that gives me plus one in defense. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! Looking at this, Jackson is destroyed. Oh, they must look at it like it is now. Or they tried to, <laughs> or they tried to drive through it with all our potholes. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, I, I a couple of days ago, we, yeah, our water thing, uh, water treatment plant caught on fire, and so it's like, okay, guys, we can't work here today because there's no water because the water treatment plant is on fire, and ergo, there's no water pressure, so you can't flush the toilet. If the water treatment plant's on fire, how do you put it out? I don't know. How does water catch on fire? It's the weirdest thing. So. <laughs> uh, it's Mississippi. It's a, it's the whole thing. So, um, anyway, moving on. Captain Raffi says, oh, yeah, this was kind of an interesting thing that multiple people have sent me. Uh, this company called Scale75 woke up one day and decided to do in a Dolfo orc they did this is essentially orc adolf hitler they wanted to do a bust of orc adolf hitler and sell it and they thought this was cool so someone thought the world needed this i know it's kind of funny i mean kind of yeah but you know it's it's also like kind of the thing that i don't know maybe you would kind of do this as a graphic and maybe like do it as a joke and like you know say something like oh the orcs are like nazis or or something i don't know but it just seems like kind of an extra step to go okay well we're making this bust that we're selling so people can buy it and paint it i, I mean i i don't know <laughs> it's, it's it's really weird because i mean uh, on one hand you know that's that's the thing and then on another you have companies like warlord games or um uh the flames of war that are selling actual nazi tanks and infantry and and stuff like that i don't know maybe that's more historical whatever but apparently if you if you read in this twitter thread that we'll have posted in the show notes there uh this spanish model maker defends a noxy experiment doctor game figurine and that is dr strudel who is part of the little big war range of figures so she is a kind of chibi uh blonde lady with the ss skull on and uh yeah she's depicted holding a syringe holding a green substance in her left hand and a blade in her right hand, hidden behind her back. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I guarantee that's someone's fetish. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm sure there's a rule for that. You know, whatever, I mean, beyond Rule 34, whatever it is, it's, yes, you're absolutely right. So, anyway. Uh, the next thing we had was, now, this is a Vice article. So take that with a grain of salt. But there is some truth in this. And it is entitled, 
I need to explain to you just how dire America's Pokemon card crisis is. I think he does need to explain to me because I have never once wondered how dire America's Pokemon crisis card is. Okay, well, Richard... Crisis is. Richard, there has not been a crisis. That's the thing. That's the thing. See, now, if you think that... Someone needs to explain to you just how dire it is. Luckily, <laughs> luckily there is an article here. But this pri- this crisis is new. And we've talked about it a little bit on the show a few episodes ago. And, you know, uh, I mean, Magic the Gathering has always been big. And it's always going to come out with new cards. And they're always going to be worth a ton of money at some point. You know, and they will go up, they will go down. But Pokemon, outside of the initial first uh, generation of it, whatever the first cards that were released, by and large have been worthless. However, it started with these influencers and streamers opening, you know, boxes and whatnot. And this stuff has just shot through the fucking roof. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a scorching, as it says in the article, a scorching hot Pokemon card market. And it is way out of hand. And it has even caused uh, Target to start limiting the amount of cards you can buy. And that's not only uh, Pokemon, but Magic Gathering and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's just going nuts. And because uh, people are talking about the first edition Charizard, one of the most sought after cards of all time, I uh, at one point was going for 150 bucks, and now the one went for more than 300,000. So <clears throat> it's, it's, yeah, it's gone just insane. Just nuts. Well, I got to bust out the cards again and, and, and price them again. I know. It's, I think you can do like, uh, I want to say, I have it on my phone. It's TCG Trader, I think. They have an app, and essentially you can scan whatever card um, uh, you have, and it will tell you like what they'll buy it for, and or how much it's worth. And well, it, it'll do both, like how much it's worth and what they'll buy it for. So, you know, you can always do that. But it's basically what this article has said. It has caused. Um, a lot of the grading companies to be backlogged big time with getting uh, your cards, you know, graded as to what it is. So, yeah, I don't even know what a Gyra Dross is. What that, yeah, what that is. Evolves from Magikarp. Mm. Isn't that the so like- Magikarp is a, kind of a useless Pokemon that you have to evolve, and then it evolves into the Gyarados. That's the fish. That's the most worthless Pokemon yep. ever. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's Yeah, it's the whole thing. Look, I, I will say, at least locally, in the Ridgeland, Mississippi area, the one uh, card game that causes the most crime is Yu-Gi-Oh! So, there you go. In, uh, we, we were actually talking about this in the shop earlier. Like, there was an incident where... And I think I've talked about this on the show... Uh, where a guy was kind of miming, he had a gun, and of course this is a big legal distinction. It's if you stick your hand in a bag and you say, "I have a gun," 
that becomes like this big felony. However, if you keep your hand in your bag and you don't ever say it, but people think you do, that's a different crime. So a guy ended up doing that. Yeah, there was this whole uh, conflict with a guy said somebody stole one of his decks and was trying to get it back. And uh, yeah. So what if you have a dildo? In, in your bag, well, and you stick it in your yeah in your bag, and you say I have a dildo versus I have a gun, or you just you imply that you have a, a dildo. Well, it, that could actually be worse. You know, are there some children around? You oh, know, all right. it's, it's you could you could end up with some problems. It could be dildo <laughs> could be worse than gun. I do not know. That is a good point. We should get some uh, a, a lawyer on here. That wouldn't that be great? It's like, uh, sir, we just want to ask. Okay. Like, if Roy, I thought he stole one of my, you know, uh, one of my Yu-Gi-Oh decks. If I, what's worse for me to say, Roy, I have a gun, give me my deck back. Or, Roy, I have a dildo, give me my deck back. And Well, my, my, my friend Greg is a is a lawyer so he needs to send me an email and, and then of course it would be this is say this is in a public place there you know would there be children around all that all right I, okay mm-hmm. the big thing locally was uh with the guy that was miming he had a gun a off-duty cop walked in behind him and was like tapped him on the shoulder with his real gun and said okay you know time to stop and ended up arresting him. And uh, I think there was a knife incident. That was another thing that Yu-Gi-Oh did locally. So, I don't know. Bad luck. Yeah, it's just Yu-Gi-Oh. I will say, uh, the uh, the other game that's act- that I assume is not crime-related that's taking off locally is um, Digimon. That's a whole other game. Whatever it is, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a, you know, I don't know how it plays. Because, like, I know Pokemon, when my kids played it, I was surprised that you just, it's not like Magic, where Magic, you can put out a bunch of stuff, you can do spells, whatnot. Pokemon, by and large, is like, I'm putting out my Magikarp versus Roy's Pikachu. So, and they just battle it out. And it's just one-on-one with things that I can do, you know, uh, extra. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know how Digimon does. I don't know how that could be. Who knows? And uh, I guess the last thing um, I've got is uh, just something. I, I've just been really surprised at how entertained I've been by this. Um, a guy I game with uh, was wearing a shirt uh, for 3D Bot Maker. And I'll have this link to the show notes. And they're a YouTube channel. And uh, they are diecast racing. And it's, I have found myself just utterly hypnotized watching every single playlist, every single race that this guy's done. And I don't know why. I don't know why. It's very highly detailed uh, sets too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy. Okay, I have seen one of these. There's a guy, the guy puts a lot, there's a lot of production value done into it. And the commentary really makes it. With, uh, you know, just two guys are just joking around, you know, as they're playing and, you know, at as they're racing and you know all this stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, i've seen these before they're pretty interesting I, i'm fascinated by it and because i mean for one thing 3d bot maker um you'll have this obviously the show notes has five 
115,000 subscribers, you know, to, to be able to do this. So you're actually, at this point, he's making good money off his YouTube channel. So that's just amazing. For all it is, it's just diecast racing. So uh, I will say at this, uh, the guy that turned me on to this, me, he and I have been talking about like uh, doing different stuff with it. And then at the, um, what you call it, the uh, toy flea market yesterday, I did buy a bunch of Hot Wheels tracks. So wouldn't that be cool if there was some chance of mm. gaming racing, you know? <laughs> we could do the, uh, yeah, we can do... Uh, Hot Wheels Racing, but each car is based around a uh, Hex Encounter war game designer. You know, you know, like you'll have the Mitchell, Mitchell Land car, and you know, yeah, it should be funny. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's just something dumb. We used to have some diecast uh, Disney figures, like themed after Chippendale and and Buzz Lightyear and stuff. Oh, that's cool. We could race those. <laughs> Uh, look, I know uh, with his, it's a lot of them. Uh, there is a, as seen on TV, uh, they did that um, race. What do you mean? It was using just cars that had been featured in like TV or movies. Oh, okay. So I, I thought that was kind of neat, you know, so you could do Batman or, or whatever. So anyway. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, about it. I think that's about where we're we're at. We're into the show. It's been like two weeks, and <coughs> and uh, yeah, I keep getting tornado warnings. So maybe this is the last show. Who knows? We'll see. I <laughs> guess I guess if it would be, you'd never hear it because I wouldn't actually get to upload it because I would do that tomorrow unless there's a tornado tomorrow. So I don't know. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, here we go. And uh, we got Historic KC Fest, where Richard and I will be. Yeah, and, looking uh, forward to it. Doing stuff. Oh, shit, Richard, uh, you forgot yeah. to mention, uh, and I blame you for this, because this is all you. You forgot to mention that, what is it, Hood Strikes North has finally, people has shipped and whatnot. Oh, I didn't, uh, I'm not getting that one, so I, <laughs> I guess I noticed that, but I'm not, um, I can't get everything. Seems like it, but I can't. Okay, I, I look. I really. I, I did pre-order Armies of or of Oblivion when that came oh, out, yeah. though. That that is they they recently redid the thing for that. I do appreciate the thing where Richard's like, ah, I didn't get it, so I don't give a shit. So yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay, I can appreciate. Oh, it's it. a shipping notice. If I had played it, I would have told you. But yeah, I figure if you have pre-ordered it, you're gonna know that it's shipped. Because with that, um, there is a tournament scene. A am I correct in saying that? Uh, yeah, I think GCACW has a, a fairly rich tournament scene. Which I think would work perfect for Siege of Vicksburg. I mean, come on, it's Vicksburg. It's, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it would. It's, you know, it's, yeah. So, I don't know. That'd be great. If you want to do that, you can contact me, chanceofgaming at gmail.com. So, so uh, anyway, I guess that's the end of the show. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Some of you in Mississippi, some of you in, uh, where are you, Missouri, and other places in Michigan. Do you realize we're all in states that start with M? That's weird. That is crazy. Oh. This should be the 3M podcast. I don't know. Weird, 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 wild stuff. It is really weird. It's crazy. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, 
Party on, dudes. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.